coming up on the WAC podcast, a lot of changes in men's basketball. We'll talk all about it. Also a coaching change in men's basketball to talk about. Our uh, boss, the commissioner, gets a very prestigious award. Kendra is going to be heading out on another WAC road trip, and we're just uh, less than a week away from a couple of championships getting underway. That's all ahead on the WAC podcast. Adieu, adieu, adieu. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. Well, 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 here we are, February 16th, middle of February, three weeks away from WAC Vegas, and we have a lot of uh, things happening basketball-wise right now in our conference. New Mexico State men's basketball making a coaching change, firing first-year head coach Greg Heyer after allegations of hazing among the basketball team have emerged. When we see this, we had Commissioner Thornton was on SportsCenter. We've had a number of news outlets reach out to us. You know, what are your takeaways on uh, what's going on in Las Cruces right now? Obviously very unfortunate that this, uh, you know, the allegations – uh, paired with some things that happened earlier in the year with New Mexico State, leading to the decision to ultimately pull the plug on the program for the remainder of the season. Somewhat unprecedented, I think, in in the WAC, at least recently. And kudos to our uh, senior staff uh, folks, uh, Drew Spira, Brian Thornton, Patrick Colbert, for uh, coming up with some options for the ADs to vote on. They, they ultimately decided to award uh, forfeits for the remainder of the games. And then as to the point system, which we talked about in great detail last week, the teams that were going to play New Mexico State awarded what would be the point system for a home victory. Uh, So as you know, it's a little different if you went on the road, if you went at home. Um, So there's a lot there. Uh, Now all 12 teams remaining get to go to WAG Vegas, so there's no suspense of who the one team's not going to go. And actually, when this happened, New Mexico State would have been the team on the outside looking in to begin with, although they were playing pretty well leading up to this. But yeah, very unfortunate circumstances. You never like to see this happen to any uh, any young men, any administrators having to deal with you know the fallout of this. Uh, but I think moving forward, we know the 12 teams. We're still going to have a great week in WAG Vegas. Not only that, 11th ranked conference in the country, highest we've been in many years, and that uh, that you know, if you're wondering about that scoring the the resume seating system, the fact that we're number 11 the year that we're using that looks like it's pretty good. Yeah, one might say it's uh, working. It's forcing our member institutions to challenge to schedule those challenging opponents and and get our uh, conference up there in the rankings. Yeah, we're just under the Power Five. We're one of the top, I think, what, one, one mid-major number two, program? Number two in the quote-unquote mid-majors, yeah. which would be outside the Power Five and then the Group of Five. Uh, West Coast Conference, the only other quote-unquote mid-major ahead of the WAC right now. So a lot to be excited about as far as WAC Vegas goes. But, yes, very unfortunate situation there and New Mexico State as you know will be leaving the WAC after this year going to Conference USA so 
we have seen their men's basketball team for the final time in WAC Vegas. Yeah, we definitely have. And, uh, you know, going along with coaching changes or changing in uh, coaching staff, UT Arlington changes their basketball leadership. Uh, they they part ways with head coach Greg Young, and now they have Royce Snoop Johnson as the interim head coach. And this was interesting because they UTA had just gone on the road and got a big road win, and they've been struggling all season, but, uh, you know, had a little bit of momentum. And then, you know, the, this announcement happened, and so very, very interesting. Uh, you know, Coach Young was an assistant coach for the Mavs for 10 years. I believe it's his second year mm-hmm. as head coach, and so – well, John Fagg came in as the director of athletics, and he's, uh, you know, setting the tone there. And his first year there didn't, you know, and a lot more go into it than just the AD likes what's happening, doesn't like what's happening, but decides to make this change at this particular time. There's a lot of talent there with the Mavericks. Kendall Weaver, uh, we've seen many times on our uh, Freshman of the Week award and certainly has a, a real good shot of being the WAC freshman of the year this season. So it'll be interesting to see moving forward uh, how they go about this as far as uh, the, the coaching change. One other thing there, they're now automatically in WAC Vegas. So That's right. That uh, And as we know, when you get to tournament time, anything can happen. Yeah, good for the Mavericks. So they have their spot secured in WAC Vegas. And You know, with our resume seating system and everything, our commissioner, Brian Thornton, was named to a very prestigious list of 20 people who are changing basketball for the next 20 years. It was a list that The Athletic had put out. Um, So really cool honor for Commissioner Thornton, who's been in the news, you know, pretty much since his tenure as commissioner for his forward thinking and implementing new innovative things that not other conferences have done you know when he uh allowed those schools transitioning from division two division one to be partake in the postseason conference tournament he's you know sent letters to the ncaa so that'd become more of a national thing you know he's very forward thinking so well-deserved honor and not only that we you mentioned we saw him on sports center this week we saw him on outside the lines and Sometimes when you have a situation that's controversial, perhaps like this New Mexico State situation, you know, people don't want to necessarily attach themselves to the story. But Brian felt it was important to get the message out about hazing, how this is not acceptable and how we were moving forward with this. So I think that goes along with these other things that we're talking about in terms of the resume seating, in terms of having a different approach. And the thing that Brian has that I don't know any other commissioners off offhand is a division one basketball player. He played at Xavier. He played at Vanderbilt. He played overseas professionally. He's been a coach. So he, he knows how locker rooms are he, and, and not too long ago either. It's not like he played back in the 1960s or seventies. He played fairly recently and, and can speak to that. So, and, and so his voice carries a lot of weight there in this particular List of uh, Val Ackerman was voted number one, the Big East Commissioner. We saw Charlie Baker, NCAA president, on there. So he's in very good company. We I saw uh, Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, is on this list. Craig Robinson, the NABC director, executive director, I believe the uh, brother of uh, Michelle Obama uh, was his claim to fame at one point in time, but hasn't gone on to do great things. John Shire, the Duke men's basketball coach, Don Staley. South Carolina women's basketball coach. So very, very good company for Commissioner Thornton. Absolutely. And speaking of basketball, it's another whack road trip coming up this weekend. Grand Canyon is once again 
on the national stage. They will host Abilene Christian for our ESPN U game. That's this Friday. It's a, a 9 p.m. Pacific time start or mountain time. Mountain time, yep. mountain time, 9 p.m. Mountain time. So we got a lot of cool things jam packed into one short weekend going to partake in the Havocs uh, pregame so you're gonna, party. So you're going to be a Havoc, correct? I'm going to be a Havoc, yes. So I'm going to go there. I might have my face painted. I'm going to see all the stuff, the tailgating that they do beforehand. I'm going to run in with the students like crazy people. And uh, What shoes are you going to wear? You know, I feel like some high heels. Uh, but if you're going to run yeah, in, don't you have be, to be like. No, I'm going to wear. <laughs> I, <that> was, <laughs> you, I was sarcasm. Oh, sarcasm. <laughs> I didn't pick up on it. Yes. Because I'm going to be running down the bleachers to secure my spot at the front. Yes. Uh, so maybe some tennis shoes. I got a purple tennis skirt I'm going to be wearing because it is purple out. So I do want to And you're not. I mean, we're, we're the conference office here. So yeah. you have to be somewhat neutral here. Abilene Christian is also purple. Exactly, exactly. I'll, I'll wear a whack polo. You know, they'll know I'm a conference office, <laughs> but yeah. So, so that'll be super fun. Then we're gonna do a. We got women's basketball on Saturday, hosting Seattle U. We got their baseball team having some big Power Five opponents playing Tennessee on MLB Network. I mean, it's going to be quite the weekend yeah two games on nmlb network in fact as they play uc san diego on friday then have the national tv game on espnu that night and that's uh, you mentioned the nine o'clock start time you know sometimes you have those late start times to fit into windows there used to be uh back in the day uh, monday night i forget what the name of it was on espn they would have games starting after midnight sometimes oh my gosh um, that just seems a little crazy but um you know People, uh, there's an appetite for it to, to, to see those games. And uh, this just in, our uh, championship game is going to be at 8.30 Pacific uh, on Saturday on ESPN2 of the championship on March 11th. So that would be uh, 9.30 Mountain Time, so even later than what this start is. 10.30 Central, right? 11.30 Eastern. Oh, my golly gee. But the, uh, the interesting thing is there on those late starts – Last year, those were our highest-rated games uh, because true. a lot of times we're the only show in town, and if people are sports bet wanting to, well, <laughs> maybe not necessarily sports <laughs> bet, but uh, maybe if they're wanting to catch some quality college hoops. That's true. That's and true. all these other games are over, and we're the only show in town, so that's pretty nice. So, uh, again, Wag Vegas. What are we? Two, two and a half weeks away. Two and a like? half weeks. I am freaking out over here. Freaking out. Very. Very exciting time. We actually shout out to Nathan Peters over at Grand Canyon just confirming our feature story on Martin Gasparini. That'll be a fun one, too. We'll look for that this spring. But uh, Martin was our uh, javelin champion. He's a former professional baseball player from Italy. So that's, again, not very common that as somebody who grew up in Italy and gets draft, or I, I guess they don't get drafted because he was overseas, so they sign. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's like, um, yeah, Puerto Rico, or I think it's Dominican Republic. There's a lot of players from the Dominican Republic. They don't go on the draft. They get signed by teams yeah. as they're coming up. Anyway, he, he had a you know minor league career, like five years, something like that. Didn't pan out uh, in the majors and goes to Grand Canyon and, and looking for you know what to do and track and Coach puts him as a javelin thrower. He's got 
good speed and a good arm, you know, like from playing baseball. Why not, right? Yeah. And he's a stud. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. So that'll be a lot of fun to hear that story. You're also going to be heading up to Spokane, Washington next week doing play-by-play for indoor track and field championships. Yeah, I'm taking off one hat and I'm putting on my PXP hat. <laughs> so that'll be fun. A one Kyle Charbonneau, who is a former GCU athlete, will also be on the call as color. And so, yeah, that'll be uh Two fun-filled days on ESPN Plus, and uh, everybody should check it out. In track and field, there's it, it goes by so quick. I mean, so there's only two days you're going to be on Friday and Saturday next week, and most of it, most of the points are earned or the championships are earned on Saturday. Friday, there's only a couple of events that are finals. I think it's a three k, three k or the five k, and then the DMR are the only finals. Everything else is prelims in terms of the running events. There's also the track and field events going on, which for a broadcast, try to get as much as you can, but can't guarantee everything. And it's not necessarily built for television. Uh, So like when the shot put's going on, there's three flights. Uh, The top from each of the first two flights advanced to the finals. So you never know when the championship throw is going to happen. Could happen in the first flight. Could happen with the first thrower. You never know. So... Um, you're going to have to bone up on this as you're yawning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But Celsius starting to wear off, apparently. Um, Also, while you're going to track in Spokane, I'll be headed to swimming and diving in Far, Texas uh, at the natatorium down there. H-A-R-R. And it's a fantastic brand-new facility in swimming and diving. Of course, uh, we have some affiliates, Air Force Men's Swimming and Diving, Wyoming, UNLV, uh, among the schools involved in that. Northern Arizona is the behemoth on the women's side. I think they're the 10-time defending WAC champions in women's swimming and diving. Uh, I know you're not very interested by this. I don't know why I'm yawning. I'm very interested. I was assuming last year, I recall. <laughs> so we will have Jonah Goldberg on the call there and then Phil Davis. I'll tell former... you, you can't yawn when Jonah Goldberg is on the call. That's for I, sure. I can tell you that for sure right now. <laughs> and... and that's another one. Once you get there, it kind of goes by quick once those races start up. And as long as nobody knocks the table over or steps on a Chick-fil-A packet, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little, huh, last year. Tee-hee-hee-hee-hee. <laughs> Only our true closest followers will know what I'm talking about. Uh, also, we have baseball getting underway, as you mentioned. You're going to be at GCU, so you'll be able to check out that game against Tennessee at Brazel Field at GCU. So that's quite a get for them. MLB Network, uh, it's going to also stream on ESPN+. And UC San Diego, I think they're going to be at Salt River Field. So uh, MLB Network, or the MLB, is kind of putting this together where it's a showcase of a lot of really good teams as they're gearing up. Uh, get, you know, their production trucks, everything, are going to be in Phoenix getting ready for spring training. So might as well throw some uh, great college games as well on there. Uh, you look at GCU's schedule this week. Now, you see San Diego, Tennessee also playing Michigan, also playing Ohio State. So some big-time opponents coming up this week. Yeah, it is. It'll be very cool for Grand Canyon, a team who's been in the NCAA tournament for the past couple of years, uh, have their games thrust into the national spotlight as well and how about softball softball got underway last week we're rolling through some non-conference opponents um and and their season's off to a a pretty good start so far remember we had cal was it california baptist was the one who had the first no 
Yes, California Baptist first home run of the season. Yes. Any Woo. level, any level, and that was tweeted out by NCAA softball last week. Also had a no hitter. Woo! I know. Uh, first game ever. Presley Hosick throwing a seven inning no hitter. You see sometimes in softball where you have the run rule. Oh yeah. Uh, where if you win by eight, sometimes a game will end after five innings, and you'll see a no hitter. More often in those type of situations, you don't see as many seven-inning no-hitters. First ever start and against a big-time opponent. Yeah, first. It's actually CBU's first D1 no-hitter, and they played Wisconsin, so a nice Power 5 opponent to get a, a no-hitter off of. And, man, I mean, her first collegiate win, what a what a showing for her. She is our Ticket Smarter Wax Softball Pitcher of the Week. So right out of the box there, and Ralph said, Tanya Wendell or Wendell from Utah Tech, 438 batting average, four runs scored, six runs batted in as our ticket smarter hitter of the week for softball. So softball underway, baseball underway, track, swimming, golf, tennis. Can you even keep your mind straight? So this is uh, the crossover season. Also, uh, women's basketball fans, just a, a program note, the games on Saturday, all of them are going to ESPN 3. Uh, part of this is because there's so much going on around the country Ooh, uh, in terms of baseball, softball, basketball, everything else happening, that uh, women's basketball for the next two Saturdays has been moved to ESPN 3. You will be talking with Bryce Drew, the head men's basketball coach at Grand Canyon, in the next segment. What did you come away from this interview? It's already aired on the Road to Wack Vegas show. Yes. What have you... Uh, learned about GCU. Of course, they lose Wednesday night to UTRGV. Definitely not one that they saw coming. Plus, UTRGV, for whatever reason, they they play really well in Phoenix. Yeah, I think that this is actually their third straight win on the road at Grand Canyon. Something about that environment they come in. Yeah, it was a last second. Uh, Day Lynn Williams hits the – it's a putback, and he gets it to drop, and so they win by one point. But I, I think what I took away from Bryce Drew is, I mean, this has just been a very roller coaster season for GCU. They've had so many injuries. They lose the WAC preseason player of the year in Javon Blackshirt Jr. Ivan Udrago, who's one of their big man, breaks his wrist. He's out. They've had guys out with concussions. And so I feel like, you know, it's a lot of different pieces and players stepping up, and so they have those up and down moments where they're connecting, but then they have those moments where they're not. Defense is, is a priority for this team, and sometimes they're just not getting back and they're not locking down on defense, and, and you see them struggle. And so it'll be very interesting when Abilene Christian comes in, who's one of the toughest defensive teams. And the Wildcats have really started to hit a stride recently in, in terms of playing together and, and getting some momentum. So should be interesting, but, you know, the Lopes are always a team that when they're on, they are on and they are really hard to stop but they have shown that they're you know they're flashes of you can beat them there are ways to beat this team and numerous teams have found a way to do so this year and perhaps another unintended consequence of New Mexico State you know uh, suspending basketball the rest of the year or the rest of the season Abilene Christian was supposed to play them Wednesday night so instead of having the back-to-back of going to New Mexico State, playing Las Cruces, then you got to go to Phoenix, play GCU, which is a very tough road trip. Now they don't have, they didn't have that Las Cruces trip, so they can just prep for GCU for that Friday game. Don't know if it's an advantage or not. You can, you know, look at both sides of it, but uh, definitely don't have to prepare for two games. You only have to prepare for one. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So coming up next. 
we'll hear from Bryce Drew, head coach of the Grand Canyon Lopes. You're listening to the WAC Podcast. Fans, don't miss your chance to be in WAC Vegas this March. They can celebrate because they're going to go to the NCAA tournament. The 2023 Hercules Tires WAC Basketball Tournament will be in Vegas for an entire week. March 6th through the 11th at the Michelob Ultra Arena and the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. Big time gutty performance. Tickets go on sale February 6th. For more information, go to WACsports.com. Welcome back to the Road to WAC Vegas. I'm Kendra Sheehan, now joined by Grand Canyon men's basketball head coach Bryce Drew. Welcome to the show. I'll start with this weekend because it's a big one for you. Once again, the Lopes are thrust into the national spotlight, having a game on ESPNU, taking on Abilene Christian. What does this type of game and this type of spotlight do for your program? Yeah, it's great for our program, great for our university. It gets to highlight all the great things about GCU, gets to highlight our student section which is the best in the country. And so uh, we're really excited, you know, to get uh, to get ESPN on our campus. Looking at, you know, the last final stretch of games here, three of the final five are at home. How big is it for you guys and how crucial is it to get those wins on your home court? Yeah, you know, protecting home is so important um, in conference season. Um, it's extremely difficult to win any conference game, especially on the road. So when you do get home, you know, you hope that your team plays their best basketball. And, um, you know, uh, we, we got a lot of guys that are motivated to finish this season strong, and um, that's what we need to do. Coach, as we look at just a few weeks out from WAC Vegas, from your lens, how would you evaluate the way that this team has performed up until now? Yeah, it's been an emotional roller coaster. Um, you know, we were picked to win the league. We were 2-0. and uh, you know, the player of the year goes down and then we've had other injuries, broken wrists, concussions. And so, you know, we kind of have a group here the last, you know, week and a half um, that hopefully we're going to have the rest of the season. And so we like the chemistry. Um, we like how the team's been getting better, you know, in the last 10 days. Um, you know, everyone wants to play their best basketball in March. And we're hopeful that our best basketball days this season are still coming. Defense has been such a staple of both the men's and women's programs. And you mentioned it's been kind of an up and down roller coaster. What is the priority for this team in practice in these last few games as you guys prepare for that postseason conference tournament? You know, improvement. You know, um, we, we finally have uh, you know some of our top rotation guys healthy back uh, in practice. And so we're getting better. Our, our last game was our best defensive game in a couple months. And so we've been working a lot on our defense to to get it back to where we want it. Um, you know, offensively has been our, our our one of our strengths this season. And uh, you know, we need need to really continue to play well on the offensive end. You know, when you look at injuries have certainly been a storyline of this Grand Canyon team. You mentioned it. Javon Blackshirt Jr., the preseason player of the year, goes down with a season-ending knee injury. Some other guys have stepped up and taken that role. What has Ray Harrison meant to this program so far? Yeah, Ray kind of got just thrust into, into a major role, you know, right from the beginning. And, and you know, he's played spectacular for us. Um, you know, we've had to rely on him to have really big games to carry us. Um, he's only a sophomore, and he's still learning. Um, every game, you know, he kind of has new questions. And, oh, coach, you know, it's not going to happen again. And he's kind of in situations for the first time. And so, you know, we love how Ray's playing for us this year, and we love the future for him. 
Um, you know, he's a potential player of the year candidate as a sophomore, and uh, he's only going to get better from here. Another one of the players that you had mentioned with injuries, Ivan Udrago with the wrist. And so when he was out, Gabe McLaughlin really had a chance to step up even more and take that post position. How much does he, his impact, you know, when he's hot on the floor, help out this team, especially when you're missing uh, different players for injuries? Yeah, you make a great point. When Gabe plays well, um, usually our team has pre pretty good nights. He, he's a really big piece to what we do, um, you know, on that inside. And so, you know, I think the biggest thing we're working with Gabe is just that consistency, you know, give give, give us that consistent, you know, um, uh, statistical line every game to try to help us. And when he does that, you know, it makes our team significantly better. Um, it's nice to have Ivan back now. You know, I think the two of them, um, you know, as they get back playing together, can hopefully get our team, you know, even a stronger presence in the paint together. Looking at another guy that's kind of come into the spotlight, Kobe Knox, the freshman. How high is his ceiling this year, and how much have you watched him improve as the, as the you know, weeks of the season have progressed? Yeah, if you look across the conference, you know, there's not a lot of freshmen playing. Um, and really, I think there's maybe only two freshmen starting in the whole league. And so Kobe has, uh, you know, really done a good job, you know, filling a hole for us. Um, on the perimeter that we need. He has length defensively. Um, he's shooting the ball better now than what he did earlier in the year. And he has a tremendous upside. He's extremely long. He's cerebral as a basketball player. And so we really like the future uh, for Kobe Knox. We're just going through your roster because you do have so many playmakers on this team. Chance McMillan, he's had extended minutes with the injuries that have happened. What dynamic does he bring to this offense that's different from some of the other guys on the team? He's really been shooting the ball well, and so uh, we're playing him at the point. Um, he's more of a scoring guard, but he's doing a really good job um, balancing scoring and, and um, initiating our offense. And so um, his progression has really been fun to watch. You know, if you go back and watch film from November and December to, to now how he's playing, he's a totally different player. And um, just his maturity has grown, um, his confidence has grown, and he's really learning how to be a really good college basketball player. You have UTRGV before Abilene Christian, but we'll skip ahead because that's our big ESPNU game. ACU has been known to be one of the toughest defenses, of course, in the country. From your standpoint, what needs to happen on Friday night for you guys to come out with the victory? Uh, we got to take care of the basketball. You know, we can't turn it over, especially live ball turnovers where they can get transition points on the other end. Um, we need to be able to get a shot on the rim. And, and, you know, they're really experienced. They have five super seniors um, that have been in the program, that know the program. And, and in my experiences, when you get the last half of February and beyond, usually your super seniors really step it up another level. So, you know, we expect them to be playing their best basketball this season when they come in on Friday. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACSports.com.